We're on a mission from God. Wendy? So I got that going. Darling? Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Light of my life. We enjoy your films. I am a human being. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Welcome to Vintage Video, where we're rewatching the 80s so you don't have to. We'll be reviewing every major film release of the 1980s in real time. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. I'm Jesse Bayless. And I'm Richard Wells. And today marks the 40th anniversary of the release of Stunt Rock on May 9th, 1980. It was written by Paul Michelle Milch Jr. and Brian Trenchard Smith, directed by Brian Trenchard Smith, and released by Film Ventures International. Film Ventures International, or FVI, did a lot of B-movie stuff, like Beyond the Door, which was an Exorcist ripoff. Because it starts with a B. Right. Uh, Grizzly, which is a kind of bear that starts with a B. Stop! <laughs> which is a Jaws ripoff. No, no, uh, no. And they produced The Visitor, which is that one with the poster that's an eyeball with a big garrote wire. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that was the, the last American international distributed film that we'll be reviewing for the year. Uh, that'll come out in November for us. But then later they actually did a couple of genuine classics like Pieces and House on Sorority Row. Mm. Eli Roth is obviously a fan of this film and of the band Sorcery. And he used their music in his recent Death Wish remake, which I still haven't seen. But apparently <sighs> there's a Sorcery song in there. Um, <laughs> I would make the same sound for any Sorcery song <laughs> as <I> would, <laughs> that you just did for Eli Roth's remake of Death Wish. And I would the first time I saw this film was at a festival that Eli Roth was hosting called The Greats of Roth at the New Beverly Theater here in uh, beautiful, sunny Southern California. And uh, it was a double feature with The Apple. And uh, Brian Trenchard Smith was there to introduce the film. So I have some information from, from him later on in this uh, making of. Uh, in December of 1977, director Brian Trenchard Smith was taking a shower and conceived of a film that would be half rock and half stunt apparently leaving almost no room for story. <laughs> he wrote a six-page outline with the intention of pushing stuntman Grant Page to superstardom. A financer jumped on board with the requirement that the film be finished within six months. Another condition of the financing was the inclusion of Dutch actress Monique Van de Ven, and after a quick rewrite, the film was ready to shoot. Uh, if a they quick rewrite? Yes. How <laughs> to add an extra character to the story. To, to, to actually have 20 minutes of new footage versus yeah. well, all the old footage? This is, this is the So this movie is the equivalent of like a TV clip show. It's actually more like a, a rock concert film, but it's like a, a rockumentary where there's hardly any of it is like a fictional story. All the interviews that are taking place between people are people telling real stories from their actual life. The only part that's fake is when they're pretending to work on this movie in between concerts. But all all of his descriptions of like, oh, this I did this one stunt one time, and it's a real thing that happened to him, and they cut the footage of him doing the thing. So it's it's almost a documentary with a little bit of like scripted interstitials. It's the closest thing to a documentary we'll be covering on this show because that's not really what we're doing here. It's also uh, the closest thing that we're going to cover to a concert, a, a concert movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, this so we're getting them all out of the way. Yes right here tonight yeah if they hadn't been on a tour during this film's short production window the plot would have revolved around grant page and foreigner instead of sorcery how insane would that have been that would have been a much better movie (laughs) (laughs) a bunch more money would have come into it i'm sure 
it, uh, it eventually it, what happened was they they had to get a band and at first they were promising that they could get all these big bands and that it was going to be great and then it came down to a point where the financier was like you need to have a band attached to this thing by monday or we're pulling all the funding and brian trenchard smith basically said so we got a band that you can get by monday which it was down to sorcery and a band named virgin that i could hardly find anything about on the internet so i don't understand how this could have been foreigner though because like the point of this movie is that this band does all this crazy theatrics during the show which is why they have a stuntman around to consult with. That's the point of the movie after Sorcerer was brought on. Oh, okay. So in some other form, when Foreigner was going to be involved, there was some other pretext to having yeah, it would a have stuntman just up to one stunt and at a, concert. a concert. Okay, yeah. all right. And I'm very music ignorant. Is Foreigner Australian? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't either, but I'm saying no. I am Googling it. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. So we all don't know. But you know Foreigner's music, at least. Yeah. Mostly because of an Aqua Teen Hunger Force episode. God damn it, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> that features like six different songs from yeah. Foreigner. Um, all right. According to Wikipedia, they are a British-American rock band. Right. See, I knew they were at least foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> but Except when you're in Britain. <laughs> yeah. But then some of them are. So some are British. But some when are they American. perform in Britain, they're called the locals. <laughs> and no, Austra- the, they have Americans. That doesn't say. No matter where they are, they have some foreigners with them. Oh, Australia okay. is a British colony. That's true. So they're basically Australian. If they're from anywhere in Britain, they're basically yeah. Australian. Um, but yeah, when it came down to those last two bands, Sorcery or Virgin... Uh, I think sorcery was the obvious choice because of the visuals and the whole magic show part of their performance. The finished print of the film was struck a mere four and a half months after the first six-page outline was finished. Um, But the actual production of the film only lasted 15 days. I'm surprised it lasted that much. I am too. I think you could have got this down to a week. Uh, According to IMDb, Van Halen was offered to the production at one (laughs) point, but I don't buy that for a second. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm sure they offered him. I, I yeah. It's I, like, do you want Van Halen? Sure. Can we get Van Halen? No, no. not at all. <laughs> I'm just curious if you wanted him. Van Halen's on the table. Here, here, here's the document. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, before uh, before the screening that we saw with Eli Roth at the New Beverly, Brian Trenchard Smith mentioned that he had he'd met the guys from the band at their at their home in Van Nuys where they had like a car on blocks in the yard. He had seen them perform once at the whiskey where they were very quickly kicked out by the fire marshal because of a lot of flagrant violations. There were many title changes to this film after its original release. So it came out as stunt rock, but it was later retitled crash. And then eventually it was released as a double bill with purple rain. And it was called sorcery, Hmm. which makes it more of just a straight concert film than anything else. Um, Grant page is described by Trenchard as basically the Steve Irwin of stunts. He's a very sweet guy who takes everything very seriously and he's a consummate professional. And he actually lost an eye after this film to cancer, not as a result of any of his stunts. And the film makes regular use of split screens, which is kind Ugh. of annoying. But the reason for that is because most of the stunts were recorded in 16 millimeter. And blowing that up to 35 would look like garbage. No, so they it, just mirrored it. That makes sense now. 
Um, we open the film with a title card that made me very excited. Uh, it says, this film contains many extremely dangerous stunts. Do not imitate what you see. Which, when you see that before a movie that you think is going to be a straight fictional narrative mm-hmm. is very exciting, but it turns out it's more a documentary about stunts. Yeah. Like, like that, like the card that comes up before Roar. Yeah. <laughs> is like, you know, we'll get that next year. Um, <laughs> Yeah, don't don't try to uh, do anything that they did in the movie Roar because that's just stupid. <laughs> you probably won't get a movie; you'll just get eaten. Grant wakes up and climbs down a cliff face over a churning ocean. The Gap. Yeah, the Gap. It's called. It's uh, it's an Australian landmark, and uh, a reporter is documenting a couple stunts that Grant is going to do. One is just sliding down a rope. And then the other is like a slingshot motion that he refers to as a bow and arrow motion for some reason. It's just a slingshot move. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he uh, he slides down the rope and he does the slingshot move and nothing goes wrong. So that happens. We got a quick montage of various stunts that Grant has pulled off in the past over the music of the band Sorcery, specifically the song Stunt Rocker, which will occur again at the end of the film. Grant is picked up at an airport by one of the band members, his cousin. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, I didn't realize that until my second viewing that they're actually related. He's yeah. related to a member of the band. I wasn't even watching it the second time around when you were taking your notes. I was just in the other room and I overheard him say uh, that they were related. And I'm like, what? Yeah, it's crazy to think they're that related. we're related. And it's like, oh, they're related? <laughs> I watched that whole movie and I didn't realize they were related. But yeah, so uh, one of the band members picks him up and they drive around for a while. Um, we see sorcery in studio. Yeah, like the one he says, "Can we stop by the studio?" It's like, "Oh God, please don't be another music video." Yeah, and um, it kind of is. Yeah, uh, we're we're intercutting back and forth. We have the two guys, you know, a, a night on the town, walking around the Hollywood area past theaters, um, showing Close Encounters and Deep Throat, and uh, they go into an arcade for a while, which is a weird double feature. Yeah, <laughs> Close Encounters of the erotic kind. We uh. We meet a writer, Lois, who is watching a news story about a stunt where Grant was injured. A stunt went wrong. Um, and she decides that her next article is going to be about him being a stunt person because um, he sounds interesting. And is that lazy, naming a reporter Lois? <laughs> I mean, like... I was She's like, the only person in the movie whose name they had to write. Yeah. Because everyone else is <laughs> acting under their real name. Yeah, and it's like, and like, it's like Lois is the best you can come up with with a, for a reporter. Well, at least she doesn't have like... You know, a, a, another reporter that's following her around wearing glasses the whole time. Yeah. But she goes to visit Grant at the hospital, and when she gets there, he's climbing down the outside of it. Um, he jumps down and gets into her car like he was expecting her to be there, I guess. Did he invite her to the hospital? Uh, I don't know. I, it just seems like he was kidnapping her. Yeah, it seemed like he was being overly familiar, but he just jumps in the car with her and starts driving at full speed to the set of Undercover Girl, which is the show that he left Australia to come work on here also, in Los Angeles. It's her car. It is her car. It's, so, it's such a weird thing. This this man in the, you know a nighty, an open back like hospital nightgown that just climbed out of a building, 
jumps in the driver's seat of your car and speeds off with you. Well, he can get there faster than she can. He's a professional stunt yeah. driver. I just, I wouldn't let some random person drive my car. No, probably we, not. I mean, and, and we are only assuming that he's a professional stunt driver. Just because he's good at, like, falls and stunts doesn't mean he's a great driver. Yeah. I mean, Also, no matter how good you are at stunts, you're not at your best the day after you got out of the hospital for yeah. being injured in a stunt. Um, um, there's also a setup for a subplot that is never paid off where she's yelling at her boss on the phone about changing her words for her stories. Yeah. And she gets really upset with it and hangs up on him. Yeah. And I think, oh, okay, so this is going to be the story that turns all this around. And we never find out. We that, never find out anything about story. this. But um, Yeah, but uh, they get all the way to their set. I feel like Undercover Girl should be all one word because the joke is that they're combining the word undercover with the word cover girl, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's not. Undercover is one word. Girl is another word. They are at the Warner Brothers lot, and Grant will be jumping off of uh, the Animaniacs' home, uh, the Water Tower. Outside of one of the star's trailers, or the star of the show's trailer, the mm-hmm. undercover girl, um, she is asking for a gun that Phil Hartman is wrestling out of her hands. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah! I was so excited to see him. This is his first feature film, apparently. Um, but this is literally his only shot in the whole movie. You're really not supposed to be doing it. He tells her that her agent insisted that she couldn't handle any of the weapons, and she's pissed off about it because her agent is being overprotective. Uh, the fall goes fine, but the director's not happy with the amount of blood. So they set it up to go again, and this time the actress gets the gun because she fights with them about it, and she fires like 20 shots at him as he's falling off of the water tower so they have about 20 squibs go off on his yeah. chest he's just covered in blood at the bottom it's pretty brutal for a television show yeah and they're they're all talking about like how are we going to get this past the censors and it's like well you have two takes i guess you have the bloody one and the and the dry one but uh monique is the lead actress here <laughs> and not, uh, not not the current monique right <laughs> the, the... yes monique is the is the woman in this film that's playing this actress and her agent uh, tells Lois about this crazy stunt guy Grant specifically a stunt he did for a movie called Mad Dog Morgan which is a real movie and a real stunt that actually went wrong um, where he was very badly burned but he showed up on set three days later ready to work again Monique asks Grant to teach her some of his stunts but that's not that's not in his paycheck that wasn't in the deal memo so he's he's hesitant to actually talk her through any of it but he decides he's going to give her and the reporter a, a ride in the car and kind of mm. talk about some of the stunts he's done in the past. So we get this quick montage of driving stunts that Grant Page has done in his with in another his work. musical overlay. Right, and all this is pre-existing footage from before this film came out. Most mm. of the stunts we see in this movie, if not all of the stunts we see in this movie, are from things that happened before they even thought about doing this movie, with the exception of maybe jumping off the water tower. And jumping through the windshield of the car on fire. <laughs> Everything uh, else and is later like... when she, when Monique participates. In right, she stunts. does the stunt. That is true. He takes the girls to a sorcery show. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so for some reason they enjoy it. Um, <laughs> sorcery records at Western Studios. And after the recording, they're doing silly magic tricks in a studio near the craft table. They make a duck appear. And uh, <laughs> kind of pointlessly. They go to a sorcery concert where they're doing lots of magic on stage during their show. Lots of flames. There's a Merlin character and a devil character in the show. After the show, they're feeding a dog spaghetti from the craft table. Everybody knows that dogs love spaghetti. We learned that in Lady and the Tramp. That's right. Um, They ask Lois to hang out all night, but she says, no, I have to go home and write an article about people who work themselves to death. 
like you. It's like, I'm the one who wants to go party and you're going home to work at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So who's the workaholic? But she's, she basically insults Grant to his face multiple times here. She says he's going to work himself to death. He, he gives her a scrapbook that he's made of stunts that he's done in the past and the, the process that he works by and plans to eventually adapt into like a manual for stunt coordination. And she takes the whole thing to work on with her article. Back at her apartment, Lois is dictating basically the history of stunt work, starting with the invention of motion pictures, I guess, because she doesn't, she, she mentions like the circus very briefly, but she doesn't go into like vaudeville or anything. She just right, goes right. right into, here's stuff that we have footage of that we can yeah, show you. I was going to say, it's just, it was a section where they're like, we need more found footage. We don't have enough. What else can we put in there? I don't know. How about some silent movie footage? Yeah. So it's a lot of um, planes and yeah. trains and cars. Uh, was there much, like, I don't recall specifically there was much Harold Lloyd or Buster Keaton. There, there is a little Buster Keaton in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, the true masters of their yes. crafts. And uh, we see people, you know, balancing on, on jumping ropes on the tops of buildings or leaning back in chairs or standing on, like, the the rebar of, like, a building that's being put together. Yeah. And uh, then uh, we get... A quick montage of various Australian stuntmen. She's moving more specifically towards Grant um, and his work because at the time the Australian film industry was exploding. And so she talks about other Australian stuntmen like Warren Campbell, Tom Slavin, who we see kicking a cinder block in half on top of a guy's head. But then when they go to pull it away, they only pull away the bottom half of the cinder block and the top just falls back on the guy's head. It looks like it actually hurt pretty bad. We see... Peter Armstrong, Max and Dale Aspen, who are like a husband and wife auto stunt team. So we're just moving through all these other Australian stunt people. The next day on set, which looks like where the 118 meets the 405, but before it was finished being built, that interchange. Mm -hmm. And uh, Grant is gearing up to fly through a windshield of a car on fire. Monique wants to fire the flare gun that's going to set off the explosion, but her agent is like, nope, she's not firing this flare gun. And the director basically says, look, you, I'm, I need to get an insert here. It's going to be a close-up. We're going to see her face. She needs to be the one fi- firing the flare gun. And then he goes to her and he's like, hey, so I got it so that you're the one who gets to fire the flare gun. Yeah. Like, oh, great. Grant is on top of this car. And then he climbs into it and wrestles with the driver until the car skids. Lois laughs when Grant refers to his work as art because she's a dick. <laughs> He mentions the film Gone in 60 Seconds, and then we get like a few minutes from the climax of the film. Yeah. It seemed uh, a little bit much. But uh, it does get the point across that there's a lot of work that goes into it, and you have to be very precise, and what you get out of it looks amazing. Lois decides she's going to leave because she doesn't want to see Grant die because she thinks that he's a bad stuntman. Yeah. Um, hope, hope that helps your confidence. Yeah, like you're going to feel so much better when he dies here after you left. Monique gets to fire the gun, so she fires it. The back of the van explodes, and Grant flies through the windshield, holding onto the steering wheel in flames. Uh, Monique thanks Grant after they've wrapped for the day for not hitting on her. Uh, we get another sorcery show. Hit two, two in a row. Yeah. Um, I, 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 every time there was a music video, I just put music video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Grant tightrope walks across Lois's apartment building to say hi through her kitchen window yeah super manipulative here because yeah. his goal is to get her to go out on a date with yeah. him he's or like, he'll fall yeah he's like you want to go eat with me or I, or I could kill myself you're crazy i just came by to invite you to a party no 
Well, what are you talking about? I won't leave until you say yes. Oh, my God, hang on! What can I do? Say yes so I can get down from here. All right, wise guy, you win. It's a little early for a party, isn't it? All right, what about breakfast first? I could die. You want me to die? And there's like a baby crying underneath him. <laughs> um, I'll land on that baby. I'm going to land right on this fucking baby if you don't go to breakfast with me. So uh, she's like, yes, okay, fine, whatever. And we get another quick montage of, of Grant's stunt work that um, he t- he's basically telling her his life story and other stunts that he's gone through, including a hang gliding stunt that almost killed him because he like got tied up in all the ropes and everything after he went underwater. And uh, we go to a house party with sorcery where one of the members of the band escapes from a bunch of chains in a pool. Uh, Grant tells Monique that her agent is acting like he's her boss and she gets pretty upset about that. The agent laughs off an opportunity to represent one of the magicians of the band but then later is begging the guy (laughs) to be his agent after he successfully gets out of the chains in the pool. He's like, so wait, what were you saying? You would let us bury you and then for a million dollars and he's like because i would get 10 percent of that million dollars and i feel like people would want to see this grant talks to the band about a stunt that he thinks he could do for their show uh, monique throws her agent in the pool that's basically the end of the house yeah. party scene we cut to i assume that means she's fired him yeah i think so yeah. um grant sets up his cousin to jump off of a building for a scene that no one's filming right or, no i guess there is a guy filming it but it doesn't seem like he's filming it for the for the purposes of shooting a scene yeah like i don't think he is because the guys he's not dressed as the girl at all yeah like if the point is that he's supposed to be a stunt double for the undercover girl he's not even wearing a wig that's her hair color no mm-hmm. i think that the he was telling him that he because he was telling him he could jump off the rafters for one of their songs i think he was demonstrating that here ah so he was like, here, it's going to be like this. Let's do it off the side of the building. And then you but can then do it what off he the does on the side the of the building is not at all what they do during the stunt show. No, but I think that that's what they were implying the stunt was going to be. And then okay. they changed it. Because I think the guy that, the cousin is the guy that dresses up like the devil. Yes. And so he would be the one to do the stunt during the show. And so I think this is an example of that. Okay. Oh, and we didn't talk about the band member who always wears a mask and has some kind of weird audio distortion there now we've said everything there is to say about that character (laughs) yeah um but yeah so uh at the last second before uh his cousin jumps off of this building monique asks if she can trade places with him and they trade she jumps off the building everything goes fine a a a moment of potential drama in this movie no (laughs) potential i I was like it's like something something's bad gonna happen to her no 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 no. we switched for no reason oh and uh, and, uh, there's another music video (laughs) yeah so uh, they do the sorcery show where Grant gets to show off his stunt, which is that he uh, gets wrapped up and put on a chair in front of the audience and then presumably like sneaks backwards out of a costume. Well, so, okay, so he's a plant in the audience. Right. Which, so they drag him up onto the stage, put him into what looks like an electric chair type situation where they strap him down. Yeah. They throw a big sheet over him and then... Uh, I guess I assume he's escaping back. Yes, at this point he has escaped at some point in here and they light the whole thing on fire. Uh and after it's been lit on fire, he comes zip lining well, back in. Right? First, whatever body they replaced him with in the chair tips forward oh, yeah. and falls onto the yeah, stage yeah. and everyone thinks that 
the guy from the audience just died because like it's on like fire. They screwed up. Yeah. Even even the girls, like, I don't know if they're supposed to be acting here or if they genuinely didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> that w- I wouldn't tell them. I think it'd be more fun if they thought it was Because they actually look shocked. Like, oh, no. But not shocked enough if they actually thought it was him dead. Yeah. But then he uh, swings down from behind the audience over everybody's head to the stage and uproarious reaction. Everyone loves it. And he goes back to the audience with the girls and they're both in love with her. He's definitely going to have sex with both of them tonight. And what this had to do with the sorcerer and the devil. I and have the no article. Idea. And, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? We, we don't know anything about the article because Monique says like, I hope you paint them in a good light because they're really artists. And it's like, it's like, Oh, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to, this is going to be a big deal. Yeah. Did you guys ever see the movie FX? No. Like the letter F, the letter X? Yeah. It's like a, a bunch of traps and stuff? Yeah. So like the, this, this Hollywood visual effects artist, yeah. practical makeup artist, is ta- and stuntman is There's tasked- two of them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's two movies. There's yes, not two that's what I mean. He, he's tasked with like setting up this thing that's like a murder, but it's, a, it's an excuse to pull off a real murder and frame him. And then he goes after them with like all his like Hollywood stunt tricks. That's what I thought this movie was going to be. <laughs> It's not, it's not. I was bad. really excited to see like a stuntman doing crazy stuff, and it's going to have a plot. There's no plot. Yeah, honestly, that's that's my biggest gripe too is that there's not enough plot. But there are a lot of cool stunts that look difficult to do. The problem is that these stunts weren't done specifically for this movie. Yeah, and that would be fine too if if it, they didn't play it off like they were. If they didn't play it off like it was just to fill in backstory for the stuntman but these are clearly stunts that existed on film before this movie this is essentially a clip show to a show that i haven't been watching Mm -hmm. so actually it might be a clip show to like three shows you haven't been watching right all smushed together well uh, one show that i did watch because i've seen the the halecki gone in 60 seconds and you've seen (laughs) mad max i've seen mad max there's no mad max footage. no but he was something in mad max yes well he was he was a stunt coordinator right no he was a stunt man in mad max yeah but I think every stuntman in Australia was working on Mad Max <laughs> yes, at the time. Um, but yeah, that's about it for the story of this one. Um, story. Yeah, if you want to say there's a story there. Director Brian Trenchard Smith uh, seems like a cool guy. He's got a lot of weird movies. The Dragon Flies. That's three words. The Dragon Flies. <laughs> uh, Tyrannosaurus Azteca. Arctic Blast. Those I think that's a, that sounds like a flavor of Mountain Dew. He also has a couple like, uh, what is it called? Death Cheaters or Death Chasers or something like that. A, cu- a couple other movies with Grant Page that are about stunt people. I always think of, um, have you seen the documentary Double Dare? No. I think I've talked to you about it before, but it, it basically follows uh, two... Mark Summers? No. It's not that Double Dare. <laughs> Although he did quite a stunt at some point, right? Didn't he? Wasn't he like mutilated in a car accident um, he, i know he was out of business for a while i don't yeah, know why i think that was why i think he was in a car he was a passenger in a car and he got messed up pretty bad i, th- I think he's doing okay now he's hosted shows since then yeah but um i know he got messed up pretty good but um the documentary double dare follows genie epper and uh zoe bell um, zoe bell yeah okay because genie epper was the stunt girl for the original wonder woman series and zoe was the stunt woman for xena and so they have very similar beginnings. And the documentary follows Jeannie Epper and the whole Epper family. They're all stunt people. One of them appeared on a MacGyver episode. And she works to this day. She was one of the two older ladies in the elevator in I Heart Huckabees when they're getting slammed against the wall. Because she's a stunt woman and she <laughs> yeah, does that yeah. kind of stuff all the time. She's in Roadhouse. She has 
cool stuff in Roadhouse. But it's a great documentary that follows like her through like stunt legendary like work and then Zoe Bell like just getting started. And the very end of the movie is about like, oh, I just got a call from Quentin Tarantino and he wants me to be Uma's double for Kill Bill. And like it was a cool way to end the film knowing mm-hmm. that she ended up being like the main character of some of his movies moving down the line. Yeah. She it's, she appears in a lot of stuff. Like yeah. like I mean, I see her as an actress in a lot of things. Yeah. I I met her at the New Beverly for I think Edgar Wright's film festival. I think it was the night that they played Flash Gordon and Danger Diabolique and uh I got a picture with her there. She's super super nice. And then I met her again at the when they did the Hateful Eight screening on the Sony lot. See see and that's like her character in Hateful Eight is the kind of is who I wish she always is. Yeah. Outside, out, you know, behind the camera. Yeah, like, exactly. I hope that she's just always like. This. I think she is mostly, but uh, she's great. I love her, and uh, but that's a cool movie. I recommend checking out uh, Daredevil. Not Daredevil. It's called Double Dare. Double, that's what it's called. Double Dare. Double Dare is a great movie. It's a good documentary. This one's like pretending to be a movie, but it's really kind of just a documentary about this guy. Uh, the writer here. I don't know why there's a credited screenwriter. Uh, you'll be shocked to hear that he didn't write anything else uh, because he didn't write this really it's just <laughs> kind of conversations um this was his only credit uh grant page obviously we said he worked on mad max doing stunts he was the stunt coordinator on death ship earlier ah. this year um he will also be back later this year for the island um actress monique vandeven is a dutch actress who first appeared in paul verhoven's turkish delight in 73 she is the wife of Yann de Bont, uh-huh. um, who directed Speed, The Haunting, and Twister. And he was a DP for Cujo, Die Hard, Hunt for Red October, Basic Instinct. He is nominated for four Razzies, one for directing The Haunting, and three for writing, directing, and producing Speed 2. <laughs> the actress playing Lois is uh, Margaret Gerard. She is the wife of the director, and she is a Byzantine historian. <laughs> She's not an actress. Um, and the only other movies that she's in are other movies from from Brian Trenchard Smith. Um, Jess, up or down on this one? Oh, it's a big down. Yeah, it's going to be a down from me. I'm going to say down also. Um, I mean, I, I I feel bad because this is a, this is a cult film. Yeah, and I don't I don't want to take away from this man's achievements. Right. As a stuntman, it's very impressive, but a movie this is not. Yeah, I I would say that's that's fair. Uh, Letterbox, Jess, what do you think? Oof, um, I'm gonna put it. Gosh, I think I'm actually gonna put it below Caligula and above Gorp. Okay. Uh, for me, it's it's not that far down, but it's pretty far down. It's gonna be below Baltimore Bullet, but above Nothing Personal. Okay. Um. I am putting it pretty low also. I'm putting it above Defiance and under Private Eyes. I think they spent about the same time writing the script for both, but I think Private Eyes actually comes together more cohesively yeah. than Star Rock does. I think that's about it for this one. If you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, we are Vintage Video Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where, as I've said before, you can find each of our full movie rankings for the year. We can also be found at VintageVideoPodcast.com. Please consider rating us on iTunes to help people find the show. And if you take the time to leave us a review, we will thank you personally in an upcoming episode. If you're feeling especially generous, you can support the show through patreon.com slash vintage video podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you'll join us next time when we'll be discussing fame, which IMDb calls 
a chronicle of the lives of several teenagers who attend a New York high school for students gifted in the performing arts. We leave you now with the trailer for fame. This is no Mickey Mouse school. You're not getting off easy because you're talented. You work twice as hard. Now, I don't care how well you dance or uh, how cute you are or how many colored tutus you have. If you don't give your academic subjects equal time, you're out. For Coco, it's the stardom. For Ralph, it's a chance. For Leroy, it's survival. For Lisa, it's the dance. Bruno, this is our big chance, man. Don't you want success? They've got nothing in common but a dream. So you want to be an actor, huh? Yeah, sure I want to be an actor. Judy, Judy, Judy. A dream that one day the whole world will know their name. Because I'm going to be a dancer, a good dancer. You know who says so? Me. A dream of fame. Fame. It's the dream of instant success. I'll have $40,000 a week. I'll have a hit TV series. I'll have my face on the cover of TV Guide. And the constant reminder of failure. I don't think you'll ever be good enough, Lisa. But I don't know what I'll do if I can't dance. When I'm down and feeling blue. It's dedication. Dance is not a way of getting through school. It's a way of life. And frustration. It's stage fright and opening nights. Kids are into sex a lot earlier in the South Bronx, like about 6 a.m. It's love through a cold, dark night. It's pain. All anyone ever promised you was seven classes a day and a hot lunch. It's contagious. You want to know what's happened to me, man? Success, all right? Now, you either hang on or you hang up. It's outrageous. It'll change your name. I'm becoming an actress. But I want you to be the Doris that I know. It'll change your life. I'll pay my dues on the West Coast. Come back to New York as a star. If they've really got what it takes, it's going to take everything they've got. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer presents an Alan Parker film. Fame.